Zennial Odyssey podcast, where hosts Remy and Bobby Rocks explore life for people born in the late 70s and early 1980s. Each week, they embark on expeditions exploring their analog childhoods or interview guests about navigating adulthood in a digital world. Join them on another adventure to discover what it means to be a Zennial. Nice to be back in the den with um, Bobby Rex. Yeah, we were joined by uh, Jason Cox last week. Mad, really good episode. Really yeah, I, I really thought um, last week flowed really well. And we had Cox in the room, you know what I'm saying? A couple of guys, and we had some Cox in the room. Yeah, we always have a little Cox in the room. We like to. So this episode we're doing today, we've been trying to do for a long time. Me and Bobby, have had, we've had some life shit happening. Yeah, Rem, what is this? This is another one, Dealer's Choice, Remy's Choice here. Um, I thought we'd discuss the nuances of the ideas of one-hit wonders and maybe explore the one-hit wonder catalog of the 90s across genres. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, at the start of it, believe it or not, me and Bobby, we were on a radio show for people new or whatever, and so our bonding over music was always a huge, huge thing. And mm-hmm. so we haven't talked about it too, too much on the show. We've We've talked about it, but... So we thought it'd be fun to kind of, basically, if this category came up in Jeopardy, me and Bobby would sweep. Yeah, that's a fair way to put it. And plenty of you, too, if you're listening and watching us because you're in the same demographic, so. Oddly enough, we did one-hit wonder episodes with Pat. Yeah. We did local one-hit wonders. We did one-hit wonder wonders. We did UK one-hit wonders. Mm -hmm. We did one-hit wonders that were based off of insert. that We did so many one-hit genres, soundtracks, whatever. Yeah. So when Rem pitched the idea to me, I did what I always do. I went into the research lab, which really just means pulling up my smartphone and start Googling shit. Yeah. And what came up was, well, a lot of stuff came up. There were bands that I forgot. There were bands that a lot of sites were saying were one hit wonders that I said, I don't think so. Let's contest it. Yeah. So this episode is going to have a couple things. We're going to, we're going to open with some. How about we call them honorable mentions? Yeah, I like that. And then it'll make more sense when we actually say what the honorable mentions are. So let's assume that one person listening doesn't know what a one-hit wonder is and just lay out the blanket. I'm going to make it very simple for you. It means literally they had one song that was, what do you want to define it as, a top 20 hit? Yeah, that, that got them the lexicon. People yep. knew the song, and and that went nowhere. It's a song where if I hummed it or Remy hummed it, you would get it, and we would then say... You never heard anything else from that band again or that artist yep. again. We're just focusing on the 90s because much like every decade, every decade has a just a laundry list of one-hit wonders. But we grew up in the 90s. That's what we're focusing on. Yeah, that's going to be a fun little throwback. It's time for the opening act. Welcome to the Odyssey. First band that popped in your head. Just not even, it doesn't need anything on either side of it. What popped in your head? Space Hog. Okay. In the, in the meantime. And that's what started me down the rabbit hole of many things because there are many different, to me, there are many different categories of one-hit wonders. Yeah. There are one-hit wonders that I personally think, how the hell did this band only have, quote-unquote, one hit? This band fucking rocks. Every album they put out is a masterpiece. Yeah. There's bands like that. There's bands that, yes, have a one-hit wonder, and that one-hit wonder is, you know what? If that is all that people remember you for, kudos. Uh, Space Hog, to me, is in that category. 
Yeah, Space Hog, the song, In the Meantime. I, I feel like a lot of people listening right now, I hope you're listening next to a source where you can type this shit in, because well, everyone's heard In the after Meantime. After all, we are so new. But it's, it's, land so green and sky so blair. Um, that's what we're going to do this whole episode because we can never play anything. And I'm going to yeah. sing it stupid enough that we won't get struck. So that's the song. And to me, it was, it, it felt like a Radiohead creep type of song. A song that comes in kind of like chill a little bit and then just soars and is anthemic. You know what, you know what kind of uh, threw me for a loop? What? I thought that song came out in like 92, 93. It came out in like 96. I was about to say 96, and I yeah. Was like, wow. That does not, it doesn't strike me. It doesn't feel like I knew it was a 90s song, but it doesn't feel like a mid 90s song. It feels like something that came out when everything was exploding in the early 90s. Another interesting thing about that band that most people don't know the absolutely staggeringly beautiful Liv Tyler mm -hmm. is married to the lead singer of Space Hawk. Really? Yep. Interesting. So he won. Well, one hit, it's all he needed to land a queen. He but, won in many levels. But so then um, let me follow up this. We're going to kind of interview each other about this stuff. Okay. Um, once you had heard the song, did you immediately buy an album? Did you go after the band? What's your opinion of the band in context of this song? Because I'll be honest, I fucking loved it. And I don't think I looked into the band. Well, I didn't either. I'll be honest about Space Hog. I, I didn't look into Space Hog. Which is interesting, because yeah. what I'm going to do... that's also a 90s thing. It was. Yeah. And we didn't have an internet. That's the no. thing. See, we, you guys got to understand, we're talking about music. This is us going to actual stores that sell physical music. Already for uh, the one, because I've, I've seen uh, these novelty kind of things come up all the time on my Facebook feed. Strawberries. Yeah. I don't... I, that is the travesty that that store never won. Two stories... And just anything you wanted. And you you And that's where you went to get tickets. tickets yeah. Tickets to concerts. Tickets to concerts. That's where you got fucking posters when you were young. Yeah. You got t-shirts. Um, but we had to buy. So it, what you'd have to do in the 90s is be like, do I like in the meantime enough to spend? Because you got to understand, too, we were spending $15 on CDs. It, people think it's fucking insane to hear that 30 now. years ago, we were spending. Let's prorate 15. that to today. $15. Today, that would probably be about $32. Yep, for an album. And if the band sucked, that was a waste of $32. Yep, it, nothing's worse than fucking, well, a lot's worse. But in this conversation context, nothing's worse than buying a record and you're amped about it. Mm -hmm. And being like, holy fuck, this is not what they advertised. And in fact, you know what we often had to do is we either had to do one of several things. If you, one of your friends bought it. You would just either borrow it from them or just Record listen to copy. it with them. Literally get your stereo next to their stereo, hook them together, complete analog, and you just record it. Or you recorded the song. If you only like the song, you just waited around on your radio, on your radio just for it to, to play so you could record it off the radio. Yeah, and it was a trip. You'd wait for four or five hours and they'd keep saying it's coming and it wouldn't come. Kind of like me with a woman. So, yeah, if there was a band that we thought we liked... And the record sucked. It was it was frustrating. So that's why in a lot of these, you're going to hear us being like, yes, I didn't look into the band. Yes, I did look into the band post-single. post, post single. Because yeah. for me, when we were discussing this, and I like that we kind of, we kind of, we'll save it for the car ride. A lot of people don't understand that, but we'll take a ride together here, and we'll discuss how we're going to talk about and how it's going to go. No specifics, really, just a skeleton. Most of those fancy pants podcasters will actually have email exchanges 
or they will literally send um, a storyboard or screenplays and screenplays. Uh, No, we just throw around ideas and then we just do it on the spot in the car. And then when we get here, this is the loveliness you see now. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I'll ask you about that. You'll ask me about this. So when we had discussed it, the first band, and I know you know this is the first band I was going to think of. And, and that's why I didn't want to say anything. That's your band. Yeah, I appreciate it you a lot. You introduced them to me. Um, but for me, it was the band Marcy Playground. Because everybody knows that. I smell six and candy here. It, it, it was a good song then. It's still a good song, but they have so much other great songs. Even listening to the album, I, I'm shocked that they went with that for a single. But it was huge. But that's a band that I did ultimately buy the record and was like, holy shit. And I'm sad to this day. Like I said, I introduced it to you guys all on the radio and you were like, whoa, I didn't know Mm -hmm. this is the music they made. Um, And to this day, I still consider them one of the most underappreciated bands from that era. I just think I'm surprised their second album didn't do anything. Yeah, it's a better album. Shapeshifter is a masterpiece. is a way better album. Wave Motion Gun is my, I love that song. Lights Out in Heaven. I mean, almost any song on mm-hmm. that record is a single, arguably. Yep. It's single-worthy. So I would argue those songs that we just said are also light years better than Sex and Candy. Yeah, yeah, Love Bug. Like, there's so many songs on that second yep. record. Um, but So it, it can be a real hindrance to an artist, too, because then, oh, they're the Sex and Candy band. And you're, I've you're, since- pigeon, you're pigeonholed for the audience's sake, for the record label's sake, this made us money. Make this. Make this again. Again and again and again. Yeah. And Until so, you're worthless, and then we move on to the next one. I got lucky enough to sort of meet and befriend the lead singer of Marcy Playground because mm-hmm. he just seen me at a bunch of shows and was a very nice guy. And, yeah, he, you know, for him, because the fans are so feverent, like we feel like we're winking at each other like we know a secret no one else does. But for them, it was, it was almost like a kiss of death. Because yeah. there's still people want to hear that song at every show. I just want to hear Sex and Candy. Yeah, and it's, it's like, like I just want to drive pencils into your eyes. Right. <laughs> so it can be it can be a two-sided blade, but for me, that's the band that that kind of makes me think, okay. on the other extreme if, if we were talking hip-hop yeah who would be some acts and we can split this up but who would be some acts you you consider that were kind of there for a track and then vanish oh well first and foremost for me skilo i wish isn't it it was isn't it skilo yeah no shit yep i wish i was a little bit taller i wish yep. it was a bowler i wish i had the girl if i could i would call her yeah that's a great example of like and, and everyone still knows, if you follow the NBA, I mean, they play that at least around playoff time. So he's they, winning they, financially. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Do you know who else is winning, speaking of hip-hop, for their one hit? What? Tag team. Oh, well, there it is? Yeah. Because every sport it's, uses it's that. Never, it's never gone away. Yeah, that's a good point. They milked that for everything it was worth. They made an Adams Family version. Yeah. Oh. Whoop, the Adams Family. There it is. And then they made a Yikes. version called Whoops, There It Went. Because they knew. Good for them. Good for them for that. I'll get. I give. You know. I give them that. But I feel good for them because they were like struggling artists for like a decade. Yeah. And then that song hit. You guys earned it. You guys earned your moment. And that song is played in NBA arenas. It's played by the NBA on major networks: ESPN, TNT, TBS. It's played by all. It's never gone away. So you guys earn that royalty. So this is another thing we like to say about One Hit Wonders too: is that if if you are like tag team. 
or Skilo, like, okay, you had your one hit, but we're here we are, like 30 years later, still licensing, talking baby. Still talking about it because they're still getting the royalties from it, as you should. Yeah, no, I think as I, you should. And, and talking about bands that you hear a lot now was Onyx. Slam! Da, da, da. I loved Onyx. So, oh, dude, I loved the hard rap in the 90s, like yeah. them, DMX. There were certain acts that made you want to fucking fight legitimately. For 1993, Onyx's Slam was, that was that was hard. It was hard. And then they teamed hard. up with Biohazard. They did a remix. They teamed up, they, for anyone who doesn't know what Biohazard is, New York City's own hardcore, hardcore. hardcore act, Biohazard. Legendary in the hardcore scene. Yeah. They, they were doing rap rock hardcore before other people were even doing it yeah before it was even and, considered a thing and urban discipline is considered a classic yeah, yeah. uh late great friend steve hayward him and i would just sit there about um hold my own the hidden song on urban discipline yeah as the breakdown the breakdown just has just one of those things where you know if you were in brooklyn and it's going to make sense in a moment if you were in brooklyn yeah when they were doing the breakdown and then when it goes back into the song and there's a stomp to the rhythm of the brooklyn beat mm -hmm. and come on like you know fuck shit's getting fucked up there. shit's getting fucked up like, but yeah they teamed up with onyx and made a hardcore version of a slam of a hardcore hip-hop song yeah so it's it's one of those where well how do you make this song harder you introduce biohazard yeah they figured out and that for I'll say that was another one where I bought the record I was like I like these guys and that record was hard as fuck and yep. I still like it but the world only knew them for one song speaking of Steve of my friend Steve yeah and speaking of Onyx mm -hmm. did you know that they released an album in 2020 no it, like we're talking after like a like 12 15 years yeah and their album is and he let me listen to a little bit of it. Their album is a fuck you to everybody. Really? Like it is a it is like a 45 minute fuck you to even people that they that you wouldn't think like okay whatever like like they it basically it's a it's a fuck you for considering us a one hit wonder fuck you for not considering us any good and fuck the mainstream hip hop artists who built their careers off of what we did. Wow. I got to check that shit and I said, out. Wow. I was like holy shit. Good for you guys. Um and then not losing anything off the fastball. There was a lot of people would call the band Arrested Development from the 90s a one-hit. I call them a two-hit. See, so do I. Yeah, because Mr. Wendell. Mr. People, Wendell. People and, forget Mr. Wendell. And Tennessee. Yep. But, no, and but then, you're right. And then to a lesser extent, People Every Day yeah. is another one, which is really just everyday people. Everyday people. But yeah. they did a cool hip-hop sort of it. mellow spin on it. Mm -hmm. um, dig and Tennessee's an iconic song. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, That's yeah. Tennessee. What's um, the name of the album? Ten Years. Ten Years a Slave. Well, that's the name of a movie. It's like ten years. It's it's Shit. it's something like ten years, nine nine months, and something. Six days. days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're that. right. You're right. Um, and then I think that a couple there was Das Effects was one where it was like we want effects. What we want some love mm -hmm. effects. So that was one where they would. It was just a bop, but that was all they were known for. Um, throw out some more hip hop examples while I sip my tap water. Did you get that from the faucet? Yeah. I know you have one of them fridge ones. You, well, I mean, it would have filtered it. Yeah, I like drinking chlorine. Okay, and fluoride and all the stuff they don't actually filter out. <clears throat> Sorry. I hate myself. Well, I guess it's better than, never mind, drinking water where we come from, tap water where we come from. Yeah, that's true. I drink it there too, though. I hate myself. Okay. I believe I brought up Warren G. Yeah, Warren G. But here's Warren the thing G. I found out. To, to, to average culture, yes, but not to hip-hop culture, I guess. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think he. Because I don't even, I don't even consider him talented. No. I consider him. First off, isn't he Dr. Dre's cousin? Yeah. And so, Doctor, you know, Dr. Dre like did everything in his power to rise that tide. And what was the best part of Warren G's music? 
Nate Dogg. Mm-hmm. You answered that correctly. We didn't even plan that Bef- in the car listen, or nothing. Before, uh, it's a meme. Before autotune, there was Nate Dogg. Yeah, no, for real. It was his mm-hmm. hooks that made Warren G songs memorable. Him on the right and the wrong for when I'm running on, on. Yeah, that shit was tight as hell. Next stop is the East Side Motel. And it's like when you're like 12 years old, you're like, oh, that's great. And then you listen to it as an adult going like, man, he makes he makes banging hoes sound just so like glorious. Glorious. After, after he just shot a bunch of guys who was trying to rob his friend. Yep. He just really makes it sound like an 80s R&B song. No, like a really? white middle class R&B song. It's fucking such a throwback sound. Yeah. Now, granted, that's what's his name for the, they were sampling what's his name from the Doobie Brothers, the drummer. Oh. Mike. Doobie? Well, the guy who was, he was, I, I know the Doobie Brothers had many singers, but yeah. he was like in the later half of the Doobie Brothers, he was basically the singer. He was the Roach, not the whole Doobie. Yeah. yeah. The Roach Brothers. Yeah. He's the one in the 40 year old version where they keep playing his music on the TVs. And Paul Rudd's character is like, if I got to hear the ba ba ba, I'm going to ba 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 blow my brains <laughs> So it's Mike something is his name. I, that's all I know. So obviously, what we have another thing we have to kind of parlay this into is rock music, man, because that's our shit. That was our shit, <clears throat> alternative and hardcore. And oh, what about R and B? Let before we go back oh, to yeah, rock, yeah. we do have to. One of my favorite one hit wonders. Come on, if it's a Friday night, because this is how we do it on a Friday oh, night. Montel, Montel Jordan. Jordan. Montel Jordan's. This is how we do it. Yep. What about uh, genuine pony? I would also put that in the category of. In the community, he's not a one-hit wonder. No, no, again. Yeah. It, but for, yes, for the mainstream. But for average he's, culture, he's, yeah. Average wow. culture. Yep. Wow, wow, wow. Sorry about that yep. one. No, that's a, that's a great that's a great song. That's a sick beat. Uh, we could start here. It's going to be a revolving theme in our, in our show, because one thing I came up with, and I did pitch it to Remy, was that if there are groups or artists that had one hit, but you have to put a big asterisk next to it. For a lot of reasons. So since we're starting with R since we're with R and B and slash hip hop, yeah. Like number one, we openly said that w- the Wu Tang was completely off the table. Because the I mean every, every the goat. The yeah. goat. Yeah, exactly. I mean, even if one even if one of them had like Ghostface may have had just one hit. Yeah. But he was also a member of a a group that released the 36 chambers like yeah just every song and he was doing backgrounds on a lot of like liquid swords only built for cuban links so no that doesn't count as a one hit when you have that much talent here's one that neither one of us has talked about it popped in my head poison bell biv devoe no because they got um that's why we can't count them no that's that's why we can't count them not just that bell biv and devoe which was based on the last names they were the they were basically for lack of a better way of putting it they were the guys in the background of new edition yeah so they just they wanted to go with solo as three artists as Johnny Gill and um Bobby Brown? No, Bobby Brown had already left. So oh. the rest of when they when they they replaced Bobby Brown with Johnny Gill. Okay. And Johnny Gill just has that he had a very he has a very to me Luther Vandross nest to his. So he was the one who was the lead singer on um Can You Stand the Rain. Okay. So that was like one of his first big songs with uh New Edition. Um I can't think of his first name, but his last name's like um, the guy who sung the highs. The guy who sang the high notes for. Yeah, uh, I got Alzheimer's in my like, family. Like so, yeah. Well, anyway, th- they were the two main singers. Yeah. Um, Bell Biv and Devoe, and by the way, Biv is short for Bivens, mm-hmm. and we only know that because yes, the new edition is from Massachusetts. So, um, but this is an example of why we wouldn't include Poison in there because they were a part of New Edition and New Edition was massive legacy shit. Yeah, massive, massive groups. It still is. So when you listen, when you get was it on BET that they did uh 
It was like five years. It was like four or five years. Oh, ago. like a reunion? No, no, no. They did um they did a movie. They did a movie about them. Oh no shit. Yeah, and it was it was actually really good. No shit. It was a really good movie. Yeah. Yeah. When you're getting that like 20 years after your last record or last when you were popular, like, well, you did something well. Legacy shit. So, yeah, what we're getting at there is we're getting at Belbiv DeVoe is a perfect example for R&B. Yeah. Of it just does not, it wouldn't fly. So, let's go back into rap. Or, no, let's go back into rock. Okay. Because there were a couple that we talked about. Well, first off, who is the band that's a one-hit wonder that you find you find it a travesty because every one of their songs is fantastic? Not a surf. Yeah. Not a surf. People yep. don't know. Nope. The song Popular is... It's a great song. It's, it's a great, great song, but it's satire. not reflective of them, I don't think, at no. all. No. And I think they released it the way they did to MTV with the video and everything deliberately as a huge subversion and a huge fuck you. It's a song where someone talks. And what they say is the most witty, hilarious, brilliant, scathing observation on high school you'll ever hear. It is masterful. Mm -hmm. And then the, the chorus has a... Not of the class, unpopular. But but the whole song is like a poem. You will date Johnny Football. You will know that he's the most popular guy in the school. And then like as he's the guy's talking, he's getting more worked up toward the end. And everyone will love you, and you'll be the most pretty girl in the whole land. But it's a very punk song in how it's executed and delivered. Mm -hmm. But that was literally all they were known for. Yeah, and then... People forgot about them, and then in the 2000s, they just released, I, I'm pretty sure, like three universally acclaimed albums, one after another. Yeah. And that that stuff is like, what, and it's nothing like popular. No. No, it's, it's not pop many. music. It's pop music. Yeah. And in a good way. In a good way. When pop music didn't have like the dirtiness to it, or didn't have that negative connotation to it. Or it wasn't was, so bitter and yeah, jaded. It was beautiful. It's, it's wonderful pop music. That's me being fair to say that there is pop music that I do enjoy. Oh, yeah, man. Pop music's like bubblegum. I'm anti-shitty anti, I'm anti music. That's what I mean. Yeah, sometimes you just need some bubblegum. Yeah, that's the criminally underrated. Yeah. There are some artists that, in my research, came up, and I said, why the fuck are you calling this group One Hit Wonder? And Rem, what was the group that I primarily said that about? Everyone else has said that they are a One Hit Wonder. Blur? Well, that's one. Mm. But we both agreed on the other one, because they have like four or five singles as it is, so that disqualifies you as it is just remind me i'm sorry it's okay they're from uh, minnesota lead singer was a white guy who uh liked to dread his hair not dread his hair but not well yeah more dread than i'm, I'm, I'm just not gonna get it because it's like a, it's black like, gold oh, oh, train. there you go yeah i'm starting to name the hits the hit singles that just show that they are not a one-hit wonder yeah some people think yeah. that they um what did they think their their only just hit thought, was runaway train yeah they just saw runaway train which for my money is the best uh when if you had to like grade music videos yeah i mean how can you say that anybody did a better music video than them no and they found kids it was a yeah. video that just had pictures of missing children mm -hmm. and because of that some got found yeah. so that's kind of that's kind of badass but yeah they're a band mm -hmm. that that had four yeah four or five we got black gold we have misery incorporated mm -hmm. they have a greatest hits album and i can go through the first half of it and go these were all singles that yeah. i heard on the radio 
Yeah, some fuck you guys talking about one hit wonder here. Now a band that deserves it is Chumbawamba Kelly. Oh, we're doing that for Kelly? No, no, I'm just that. It's always funny to rag on the old intern for liking no. music that sucked, but because no, that's the only. When I think the '90s, I think Chumbawamba. When I think of, I don't know what I think of. Because whether we're bringing it up right here in Rao, or whether it's Kelly bringing up Chambawamba, that's the only time I've thought about Chambawamba. Yeah. Chambawamba was a Chamba. I don't know. Before they tub-thumped their way into your heart. Uh, but they were a shit band that had them. Um, some people would say in the 90s, and they're kind of a more like settled band at the time, but tonic. If you could only see. I would say they qualify as a, as a one-hit wonder, but that's a... They're a they're they're not in the category of a band like Blur. No. They're not in the category of a band like Soul Asylum. No. Where but that record was a good record. Yeah. It was a solid record. I looked at it like this when I first heard Tonic. I was like And is it open up your eyes, which may or may not have been a signal? I think that song is awesome. I don't know, maybe. Yeah. So that would be a two hit, I guess. But there that song's a banger. Like that song's actually like, wow, this song rocks. Some people would consider Toad the Wet Sprocket a one hit, but I don't I, I don't think so. That. You know, they got I mean they they every album they they released literally had two hit songs. Yeah. So But some people just yeah. know them as Walk on the Ocean or some so, shit. And people forget that that wasn't even the song that got featured on Beverly Hills 90210. Yeah. That was all I want got featured on there. And then oh, and then it became a hit. Is to feel this way. I love the harmonies. I'm a sucker for harmony. I love that record. Yeah. Yeah. That record has at least nine to ten good songs that you could like just play start to finish. Yeah. So um Walk on the Ocean, All I Want, those were the singles. And is it for me? Yeah. Those are the three singles for so, that album. What about what about then you got something's always wrong. And that was a signal single off of uh what it was on the same album as Fall Down. Yeah. So those were the two singles, two singles from that, for that album. one. And then they had Good Intentions, which was uh, an album I by itself. Good. And that was so actually we just named about five or six singles from And that was on song. the Friends soundtrack. Yeah. That but, makes me feel a little dirty. And they made that bank though. Make I I uh, we've both talked about this. I don't fucking get how Friends got 10 years. Now it, uh, it's you know what it is? It's it's a milk toast show for milk toast people. It's just some people like buttered noodles. Ugh. Yeah, they don't like. I did. I did when I was eight. Yeah, they, and then I grew out of it. Some people don't like pasta sauce. They like buttered noodles. But we're getting buttered. <laughs> that's a different. Yeah, been no, we're, we're, tangent sidebar. We sidebar, were listening sidebar. to a song on the way here that we both fucking rocked out to so hard. And Bob, I'll give Bob the credit for bringing up the band, but it's actually on a few of my most played playlists too. Is Hum? Yeah, yeah. Stars. Stars is such Stars. a remarkable song. Stars. This gets us into the area of it's the only thing you're ever gonna hear from Hum. Yeah, and that's okay because you have that one song and it fucking killed it. Slaps. Yep, killed it. Killed it with that one song. What was it? The flies got you where I want you. Yeah, you love that song. You know, you bring that up a lot. It's. I hate to like it. Like, I recommend anyone to listen to it right now. Like, hey, what's the point of this? It's a perfect whiny 90s song. But then at the end, they're like, gaba, gaba, me don't get no, and they start like doing this weird reggae thing. At the I mean, end. It's, it, it, it would fit into the category of it's an awesomely terrible song. That's what it is. It's, it, it's one of those songs where it's like, I know this is bad. I only I only remember it because it was in the movie Disturbing Behavior, which was better than the song. Yeah, oh yeah, and the yeah. movie and the movie wasn't great. It was fine. 
It's and the video movie. played off the movie too, which it was played off the cool. ending of the movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, a band that I th- probably will get made fun of for loving, and the one thing that made me feel better about loving them was the fact that one of my favorite artists, Kid Cudi, also loves this band for the same reason. Crash Test Dummies. Yeah, I know you. Uh, you've mentioned that to me before. You mentioned that literally on the ride here. Yeah, everyone knows them from that. Once there was this boy who. Basically, what Ted in the movie Ted, yeah. how they made fun of uh, 90 singers. Yeah. This over pronouncing every vowel. I think of Crash Test Dummies. Yeah, that's fair. He's singing. Why? But I actually really liked that song. And um, look at this motherfucker on Tinder right now. His wife's going to be pissed. I'm swiping right in front of me. <laughs> um, I thought that I ended up picking up the album that came out with that. Mm, 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 song and i thought it was fantastic i just thought it was a really genuinely good interesting unique pop album i honestly the only thing i know about crash test dummies is that song and then weird al's spoof of that song yeah that's fair that's well that, that well that's the point of the fucking episode is that girl, girl who got mad at her husband and she caught off his wiener yes oh yeah the, the lorena bobbit yep don't mind me i'm just looking up the next one because I forgot it already. Oh, that's cool, man. Oh, Supergrass. Yeah. The song I let you listen to that you you were like. I had no idea. I had no idea. From anybody who doesn't know, Supergrass, all right, Clueless soundtrack. It's the first song on the sound, or the last song on the soundtrack. It doesn't sound like a 90s song. Yeah, I was surprised. It sounds yeah, like a late 70s, early, early 80s I song. I had you play it for me. I don't know how I missed that in my teenhood. British band. That was really, that's all we ever heard from them in the States. Um. As far as the critics go, there that album. I've heard a little bit of it. It's good, but the critics love it. They said it. They said that album was a five star album. They said critics say they're surprised that Supergrass didn't do anything more and kind of fell off the wayside. Yeah, not bad. It was the first single off their first album, and then that was it. Yeah, that's one of those. I mean, that's one of those things too. And now, you, what about a good example? Actually, that I keep forgetting to mention, Len, "Steal My Sunshine," bro. Oh, another song. I, I know. It's done for me. I can't stand that song. You don't have to like it, but it's a perfect example of a one-hit wonder. Yeah. Like, what even even was that band? I'll tell you what they were. They were the next great thing from Canada. Canada, which has given us Rush and then gave us Lynn. Well, Rush are talented if they don't sing. As long as you don't hear Giddy sing. What's wrong with Giddy? What's wrong with Giddy Lay singing? It's just weird and elfin-like. Um, that that's why all the Dungeons and Dungeon Masters love Rush. So much. I know that's yeah. what it is, man. Listen, he's the working man. That's what he is. Yeah, I love that. That's my favorite song by them. By the way, he's today's Tom Sawyer. He's a real, real something I mean, with something, song. something. Tom Sawyer, you know, Sawyer. Tom. We shouldn't something. pick. We shouldn't pick on Getty Lee because he's living in the limelight. Okay. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, he's the people's Tom Sawyer. Like, Rem, the, do you know any other songs? Slapping the bass, man. And I think there are bands in the '90s that sort of encapsulated that sound of the 90s if you can think of a band that still has ridden being a one-hit wonder you mean like they're still just they're still going off on it like i'm saying it because i keep seeing this ad that has sugar ray (laughs) touring near us 
Yeah, but and sadly, they had like two or three. Yeah, but they had none. Anybody with true I, I, ears. I get that. But. Anybody with true ears knows that Sugar Ray is not a real band. It was a prank played on us by aliens. Do you uh, Have you ever seen Mark, Mark Sugar McGrath? Gay? Yeah, Mark McGrath on the streets as people are heckling him. Let's talk about this. So he's fucking, he comes out of a limousine, Bro, he right? he becomes a Chad. He comes he's out of a limousine a Chad, in, in L.A., and there are all these paparazzi, and this kid standing off the side is like, some sugar gay. The most, like, whatever comment that anybody could make. Mark McGrath's, like, coked out of some shit, and he just looks down at me, gets up in his face. He's like, I thought he was literally going to bust out all of his platinum records. Yeah, he fucking was like, how many platinum records have you sold? And he said, yeah, yeah. he's like, you're not going to do anything with your life, and I made millions, and it's, it's the most frail ego thing I've ever seen, and it's hilarious. And this kid's just looking at him grinning. Yeah, he's just Because like, he's like, got him. And if you get punched by Sugar Gay, you're making some money, bro. And then what does he do? He goes on to host Entertainment Tonight. Oh, all those shows. He's like the you know, that's, fakest. That's punk rock. That's punk rock. Right. Good job. You ever heard buddy. their stuff before? Like they got before, even before that album. It was album? harder, wasn't it? More yeah. ska. It was or like more... post punk hardcore. Yeah, yeah. But then and then it slowly and they became like skater punk. And well, that's here's the thing. We allowed 311 to sound like what 311 sounded like because they were a good band. When other bands tried to sound like 311, it was the worst fucking yeah. thing. Because th here's the problem. Here's why 311 works. Because it shouldn't work. Yeah. They're a bunch of fucking dudes from Nebraska. And they invent, they, listen, they invent, we're going to do hard white reggae. Is it just some, and some people back in the 90s. And then Jimmy's Chicken Shack said, <laughs> there's, a not, there's a 90s one hit. Yep. Yeah. What was it? What can I do right? Or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, so no, that's 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 one of the songs I remember by them. Yeah. Yes, the what do I do? What, what do, do I do? Right. It was like pseudo ska country. Listen, for for you youngins out there, the the mid late nineties was a weird time, a lost. People were just wandering around, lost. Yeah, it was a lawless we, we brought, wasteland. The Brian Setzer got famous again. Right? The guy from the uh, Alley Cats. Yeah. Who basically was doing like the stuff swing like, swing. Swing was hip for the first time since the Roaring Twenties. Since the Roaring Twenties, Rem. Speaking of that, the '90s had Mambo Number no. Five. Yeah. One hit wonder by fucking Louis Vega. Louis Vega, mm -hmm. something Vega. Brother of sister Kristen Susan Vega, who sings Tom's Diner. <laughs> doop 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 doop. Yeah, we didn't even get into the. Uh, I think you know all the all the female artists. That's how we could categorize this. Poe. Yeah. Uh, oh, Angry, John, Johnny. Angry Johnny. I want to kill you. I, I want to blow, blow you away. Away. That yeah. was that was a great hook, dude. Yeah. That's masterful. Yep. Uh, you could people people who are fans of the band would probably get mad at me. Mazzy Star. Yeah, I love that band. Yeah, a great band. But Fade Into You was you the only you. song. And they had other ones. Oh no, they, they, they had did. other they had other great songs. Five String Serenade. They had some yep. beautiful songs. <sighs> Five String Serenade, such a great it's song. Gorgeous, ain't it? Yep. That's yeah, a beautiful record. Who else? Because we've covered... Well, you know who we haven't talked about? Who's that? Well, wait, I, I don't want to forget this one real quick. Because okay. we were talking about females. Would you say, because of Silent all these years, that Tori Amos was a one? Now, we know she wasn't. She's legacy. But in the 90s, was she considered that? No, she was... A, at worst, she's a two-hit. Because okay. God. Oh, you're yeah. right. Okay, yeah. good call. And God's though. a great song, too. Good call on that. You'd mentioned could you, um Could you argue in the U.S. Bjork? Is a one-hit wonder? I don't know because I, I think that it was um what human behavior and then Army of Me went really hard mm -hmm. and that went in on a soundtrack for a movie. So I don't think we can now. She's but she's not looked at 
in the U.S. the way she is around the world. I mean, she is, she's a genius. She is a genius. You yeah. don't have to love what she does. She's weird, mm-hmm. but she's fucking genius. No, it just goes. This is this is just me hiding, showing the fact that in the U.S. we just suck. Yeah, we suck, and the rest of the world doesn't care. They just embrace great music. Yeah, that's you ain't really lying. It. Yeah. Um, I mean, Iron Maidens is the ultimate yeah. of that. Yeah, they're to here. They're, they're like, gods. oh yeah, run to the hills. Oh yeah, they had that one great album. Yeah, and then they had the two before it and the five after it. I digress. You had we'd mentioned in passing, but you didn't really talk about the legacy. We talked about Blur. Would you want to go a little deeper on that? Sure. Most people probably think of Blur. They just think of Song Two. Woohoo! And was that was that their last album before they went on? Before because they're they not split. broken up. They've gone on hiatus. No, there was one more. Okay, but. That's not even their best album. Their best album is the one that came out right before that in 95. With Boys and Girls. Yes. Because for people who would say, oh, yeah, the, the Woohoo song. Yeah, that's a great one-hit wonder. And I say, what about Boys and Girls? Yeah. And then if you played, if you've never heard Boys and Girls, and you've never heard Song 2. Give them the hook, bro. You would never. You have to. You would never think those are the same. They'll band. know once they hear it. Well, which one? The hook for Boys and Girls. I'm going to mess up the. Oh, then don't do it. It's yeah. all right. You know, but we're just expressing that you know the song. So, but but sometimes when it's separated by like a couple like years, dun, 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 dun. it's a dance song. It's a dance song, and it's also a political song. I, I learned that later. And on. Blur became essentially Damon from Blur became the Gorillas, which is a huge band now. Always something you're really love. yeah you're doing good yeah that's a dance it's a dancey song it doesn't sound anything like song two and that's why gorillas was like full dance because that was yeah. the evolution of Damon yeah I love the gorillas um yeah a Deltron Del the Funky yeah Del the Funky is one of my favorite rappers of all time who would you rather be who who would you rather have as your cousin would you rather be Ice Cube with Dell as your cousin or would you rather be Dr Dre with Warranty Oh, I would rather be I would rather be Ice Cube with Dell. The Dell family, yeah. bro. Yeah, exactly. Dell's delivery is so yeah. unique and his the, the way he writes rhymes is so unconventional compared to other wordsmith. He distru- he completely lacerates Clint Eastwood. Yeah. You know the that, well that's what most people yeah. know of him. Finally, someone let me out of my yep. grave. Now time for me is nothing because I'm feeling no age. No, I shouldn't be scared. No, you shouldn't be blah. I just think of yeah. like the, the way he can, you know, intangibles. Bet you didn't, didn't think, but I can handle them. Too. Yeah. Panamaric view. Look, I'll make, make look, it so I'm manageable. Oh, come on. Pick confused, this and do, all these different dudes who they think they listen to. But yeah. by the way, he did have one hit song. Dell had one hit song in the 90s, and that's why we can't, can't talk about him either. Well, one was it? Oh, damn it. We played it on uh, Where You Been. I know. I can't remember what song it was. And he did a song with uh, Mr. Liff from Boston. From Boston, yeah. Yeah, 360 Degrees. Yeah. Yeah, which is, if you've never heard it, you should go You should go YouTube that shit. You know me. Mr. Liff and Dell on the same track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Liff's a local legend, too. He is. Shout out to Liff. Yo, I owe you five bucks, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> nah, I never met that dude. So one, uh, one area we haven't gone in yet, and it's the area of uh, rock acts that are considered one-hit wonders, and... For what these acts did, yes, it's a one-hit wonder. However, we, Fine print. we exclude them. So I will start with the easiest one for us, not for you, because we're going to have to explain it. Yeah. Uh, Cannonball, the Breeders. Most of you, most of you, that bass line. And, and most people will be like, oh, yeah, that's great. And that band was never heard from again. Um, except the singer and the one who wrote that awesome bass line are actually Kim Deal. And if you don't know who Kim Deal is, it's because 
you need to do some soul searching because she was the basis for the, the Pixies. Pixies. Arguably one of the best alternative acts of all time. Yes. For everything that we talk about, people creating Rastafari and Ska, yeah. the Pixies really just in alternative rock and punk rock really brought back the surfer feel. Yeah, and they defined, I'm sorry, from Radiohead to Nirvana, every, every great artist will say, we're copying the Pixies to some degree. Yep. When you hear a Nirvana song that has a four-chord bass line, that plays for one round before the music comes in, mm -hmm. that's the Pixies. And it's not, and listen, Kim Deal was not a fucking riding coattails of Black Francis and the Pixies. No. She was a collaborator. She wrote a lot of those songs. She was the backing vocalist. She took turns being the vocalist. And she did a lot of cameo work for other artists in the 90s. Like, no, anything she does, you cannot consider that a one-hit nothing. No, She's it's iconic. extremely talented. We were just lucky we got... Because the breeders were like the Pixies part, too, that yes. we didn't know we needed. So we we talked in the car, too, about a band that probably shouldn't be considered that, Blind Melon. Yeah. Because they've got Tones of Home. They have a bunch of songs outside of the B-Girl, No Rain song. Mm -hmm. But people often associate, even on the second record, Galaxy was was an absolute yeah. banger off that record. But and it just, its momentum got destroyed because he died. Because he died very, very young. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and then. Shannon, what, Shannon Hun or Hum? Hoon. Hoon? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, he was crazy, too. Like, he fucking took out his dick once and pissed all over the front row. Like, he was yeah. heroin so deep that, like, the, yeah, there was no coming up for him. so yep. deep. That's what I'm saying. Not, not, not just heroin. I mean, like, alcohol, drugs, anything. plural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a fucking mess. Bless his soul. I guess his daughter is a, is a singer now. He named a third record off after her. That's, that's very nice. Yeah. Yes. She kind of looks like him. Like if you look at it, depending on like yeah, because he's like, got a unique, okay. and a lot of people yeah. don't know he was singing backing vocals for Guns N' Roses, and because people don't realize this, do you know how he got that gig? Luck? No, he he grew up in a small town in Indiana, the same town as Axl Rose. No shit. Yeah, and his sister and Axl Rose were like mutual friends growing up. Oh, that's cool. So she like reached out to Axl when he when Shannon moved out to L.A. Yeah, like and then they kind of were like oh, okay, and then. He, he brought Shannon in when they were doing Use Your Illusion. Yeah, he was in the two. Don't Cry video. And he and he did the backing vocals, and then, yes, he did. He was in the video for Don't Cry. Yeah. Yeah, he had a lot of life going, man. It was a shame. Um, yeah. So what else do we got? We got, uh, well, you brought up to me, and I didn't bring it up, even though I wholeheartedly agree with you, the Flaming Lips. Yeah, Vaseline or whatever Most it is. people, she don't use she jelly. She don't use but jelly. It, but most people would call the Vaseline song because. Yeah, she don't use yeah. jelly. I love the Flaming Lips story. Because it took the, it literally took the Flaming Lips from that record, from their beginnings, it took them 13 years yeah. for that to happen. And they're a band that they, they were like, whatever. Yeah, here's a throwaway song. It was an art school band. Here's a throwaway song on, I don't think it was Cloud's Taste Metallic. I don't think it was that album. It was the one before that. Yeah. But then in the late 90s and into the early 2000s, they became like a powerhouse band. For, for prog and for alternative, yeah. yeah. And I think it's easy to, to, because sometimes you'll see whatever, floating quotations, a one hit wonder. And it doesn't mean you necessarily follow the career to see if there are other hits sometimes, no. you know? No. Um, the 90s sort of, and we, we didn't talk too much, too, too much, but like CNC Music Factory too. There were a bunch of pop acts that kind of appeared and disappeared. One of the females you mentioned, you mentioned females and we didn't get too into it, was that chick who sang that Mother Mother song? Yeah. I, uh, I forget her name. Oh, man. I know the song. Yeah, Mother Mother. That was another one hit that kind of came and went. Um, but I always thought that song was kind of cool when it gets hard. Was that the lady who sang Dream On with Jesse on um, MTV? The VJ. 
Jesse. Oh, Jesse Camp. Yeah, remember that weird dude? Yeah. Is he alive? Dead? He's he was alive. That's good. He's been he's been uh, Tracy Bonham. There it is. Tracy Bonham. Good call on that. Yeah. Thanks, thanks to Google. Thanks to my phone. Google's the best, dude. What was either it was either Tracy Bonham or it was um, was it Tracy Bonham? No, I was looking up something else because I was oh, okay. Because did we talk? We talked about Super Drag. No, no. Who sucked out the feeling? That's a good song. Yeah. Who sucked out the feeling? And we talked actually a lot in the car about meat puppets. Yeah, no one, no, they wouldn't have had their single if uh, Nirvana had not covered Plateau. Yep. They had that one song, which was, um, we listened to, it's called Bad Water. Yeah. In the backwater. Sorry, bad, bad Water is Doobie Brothers. Backwater is. There's yeah. a lot of water songs out there. You could argue that Backwater. Or Bad Water is the Doobie Brothers' biggest hit. We could argue that if you want. No, uh, you know um, that you know that song. Yeah. If yeah. I sang, if I sang, even if you didn't, if once I sang it, you'd be like, "Oh, okay." That one. Not sung by the douchebag Mike drummer. <laughs> yeah, that's key. I like when it says that actually on the album. Yeah. Not sung Full by the disclaimer. Douchebag. Yeah. Yep. No getting into that. Yeah. I mean, I think we're. You know what's going to happen though? This we're going to keep going forever. Well, no, we're gonna we're gonna be like, all right, no, we did the episode. That's good. And then in the car, we're gonna remember forty five more. That's fine, and it's especially fine if people are listening to this or watch however much video we got from it and yeah. say the same thing. Yeah, hit up the comments. That's Let fine. us know. But it and and you know after that, I think for for Bob and I telling you who the one hit wonders were are past like two thousand five. We have no idea. We're old now. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, I think that. Something we can maybe touch on is how new rock was coming out in 98, 99. And I'm trying to wonder if that's when um, that shitty Crazy Town song Butterfly came out. Yes. Came out in like 2000 or uh, 2000. Yeah, so it's a little over the... Uh, I saw them at that OzFest in 2001. Did they get booed? They, they got worse than booed. Like they were just... It was at it was at the what is it called now Xfinity Center. Yeah, it was great. It's always going to be Great Woods to me. People were throwing shit at oh, them. Yeah, the booing, the throwing, the chants, like to the point where they were they were shook. Yeah, I've they heard were, that. I heard were, that whole tour for them. Yeah, like I I actually felt bad for them. Sharon Osbourne fucking hated them. Then why put them on your goddamn tour, dumb fucking bitch? Ooh, there's one squirrel nut zippers. Hell. In yeah. the afterlife. Also, lead singer died right before they got famous. Oh, he did. All right. So, on that note, I think uh, we've covered enough ground for this episode. Yeah, we did a good job, man. It was, it was, it's fun to talk about music because it's so close to both our horts. Mm -hmm. All right, man. Well, this was a fun episode, Bob. Thank okay. you. And, thank, uh, thank you, Rem. We'll thank be, you for the idea. Yeah, no problem. Next week's all you. So let me know what you come up with. Well, next week I'll be in uh, Charlotte. You son of a bitch. So I'm figuring what I'll do is I'll bring the camera with me and I will uh, take some, some live stills footage. and some live footage nice. that we can discuss on. I bring my laptop in and we can just discuss it and then I can weave it in to both the audio and the video. I like that. All right. So until then, Rem and everybody else, take care. Bye.